Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. And on today's episode, I am going to be joined by Gilly Ovaria. And he is the VP of Business Development at Bionic Hive. And Bionic Hive has a really interesting robotic solution. It climbs all over the warehouse, basically, is the easiest way to describe it. But we're going to dig a little more into it and, and find out you know, where this idea came from, how it works, how it's getting so much attention with an investment from Amazon, recent pilot with Maersk, and really kind of dig into this solution and how it's really a different approach than a lot of the other robotic solutions that are out there right now. So, so getting welcome to the show. How are you? Very good. Thank you for having me. Definitely happy to get you on. I, I think I've been trying to get you guys on to, to talk about this for a little while now. Uh, so definitely uh, excited to dig into this. And, you know, obviously I, I've seen Bionic, Bionic Hive and the solution on LinkedIn a couple of times, videos. It's very interesting, very intriguing to see it. So I guess tell us a little bit for people that maybe are not familiar from your perspective. Give us a brief overview of Bionic Hive and, and what is your solution all about? Perfect. Sure. So yeah, Bionic Hive was established 16 with the idea of providing a very flexible solution to warehouses founded by a couple of folks with a multidisciplinary technology background, not people from the operational or logistic background. So uh, they came up with the concept that is um, basically a mobile autonomous robot that could move in three-dimensional verticals or vectors throughout uh, the warehouse. It could reach any point in the warehouse, on the floor, on the racking shelf, and could pick or put away packages and take it from anywhere to anywhere. It could be from the track directly to the warehouse, to the racking shelf, or from the racking shelf to the shipping area or to the picking model, and so on. And yeah, designed to work alongside human beings. It doesn't need to be isolated or separated, and it's very flexible. You can add robots, remove robots based on the seasonality of your business. And um, yeah, that's the in I don't know thirty seconds or so. That's the, <laughs> the gist of the solution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. And and when you say you know it can go wherever, I mean it. It literally would. I mean, it's almost like. Uh, like a spider, I guess, in a sense, right? Like it, it just kind of. That's a very, very common uh, analysis. Yeah. Uh, analysis. <laughs> we call it, by the way, the squid. The squid, is, uh, yes, yeah. That's the name of the product. We have one product. 
Mm-hmm. And like other companies in the industry, we like we imitate that thing of you know naming on product, but that's the only thing we imitate. Other than that, everything is very original and uh, unique. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it will kind of just climb up the the rack and the shelves, and you know, climb up vertically and then go across horizontally to get to I guess where it needs to be. So, I mean, I'm curious because you you said you mentioned they're having a, a 3D solution, right? And and a lot of the 3D solutions we see are typically you know involving like an ASRS system or some type of shuttles to be able to do that, or pretty pretty large like AMRs that, you know, maybe are like automated reach trucks or, or things like that. But, it, you know, this is very pretty small solution. It seems kind of simple in, in its sense. And, and, you know, the idea to climb up the rack like that and, and climb up the shelving like that. I mean, I'm curious, like, where where did that initial idea come from to do the climbing like that? Because I think that's certainly one of the like most unique things that stands out about this solution. Yeah, so I think the original idea came from uh, it's an Israeli company and the founder where they all had some background in the defense industry and then there where they took the, the inspiration basically. Some of the founder came from um, the Iron Dome uh, and the other one had something that involved to developing a mobile wheel that could turn into different devices. So it was a kind of a really nice stew uh, that mixed into this solution. It's interesting, yeah, because it is like very unique in the way that it it is designed and, and what it can do and how it moves about your warehouse, I think is, is really interesting. So, I, I mean, when we look at some other robotic solutions, automation solutions that are, you know, also retrieving packages and, you know, I mentioned a couple in there, like an ASRS system, but tell us a little bit about how the, the squid provides more flexibility than some of the solutions that we've seen on the, the market already. Definitely. So the ASRS that you mentioned, they're really good with, with the all elevation aspect. They could mm. reach to the top of the racking shelf and they could provide a really high throughput, but they are really limited in terms of if they need to go and take the package to other location in the warehouse. Mm. Uh, and on the other end, if you, if you think about the AMR or, or other solution that you also mentioned, uh, they're great in, you know, Taking the the package uh, from one point to other point within the warehouse, but they're really limited with the elevation uh, aspect. We basically basically combine uh, these two, and we can uh, we can take it. We we have the elevation aspect, but we also have the mobilization aspect, and we can take it anywhere. We can go, as I mentioned before, we can uh, take it to the pallet, we can take it to the picking model, we can take it to the truck, uh, and uh, that's how we basically combine these two concepts uh, and that brings us to the I think if I need to summarize it to one word it's the flexibility mm-hmm. and that uh, goes uh, along with the multiple use cases that we are support we can help with replenishment just you know keep feeding uh, packages from the top shelves uh, to the AMR, AMR or AGVs of the world but you can also help with a use case of return when you have one uh, one package uh, that you need to, to take from the truck and put it back. Obviously, pick pick and put away. That's uh, I think the obvious one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we could work with any type, almost any kind of use case. Not to mention um, thing that we could do as a byproduct. Mm-hmm. Let just imagine the the robot is going from 
point A to point B. And in the way, you have to go through, you mentioned that it, it drives horizontally. So you basically provide a cycle count and inventory management as it goes, because, you know, oh, it, really? it, 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 it sees the, the packages anyway. So in the end of the day, it, it sends the warehouse uh, management report. Hey, this is uh, well, all of your packages. This is what you need for tomorrow. And, and in the way back, it, it doesn't just go back empty. So you take the package and prepare it for the for tomorrow. So I don't think that it could be done uh, along the way. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty interesting. That's taking advantage of that that travel time as well to capture data. So it's giving you kind of that value all along the way. I mean, no matter what it's doing, exactly. like it's it's doing something of value for you, which I think is really yeah. really interesting. So now, I mean, how does this look if? you know, you have these in, in the warehouse and you said that, you know, this built to, to work around people, you know, how does that, how does that look? Cause they, they also go along the floor, correct. Right. So, I mean, how does, you know, is it aware of the people that are around and, and, you know, how are people aware of it? I mean, how do you kind of coexist with these squids, you know, climbing all over the place in your warehouse? Yeah. So that's a great question. Let me go maybe one step backward. Sure. Uh, and if we look at the, the last 10 years, the, the main motivation or the main incentive of the all warehouse automation is try to reduce the, the labor cost. And if you see the graph of the last 10 years, I, see, I think it, it, it multiplied by 13 times, from, from I think 4 billion to around $20 billion. If you aggregate the entire uh, warehouse solution investment that were made in the last uh, decade. So you'd expect that will at least flatten the, the curve of, of a, a labor cost or, or mm. hopefully will actually de- uh, make it decline. But you actually see the opposite. Uh, if you multiply the wages of labor cost in warehouses, you see that it's, 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 it's a crazy spike in the, again, in the last decade. And so you basically understand that all of this money that were invested by the top VCs of the world trying to reduce labor costs doesn't do doesn't solve the problem. And we ask ourselves why? Why? Because the, the flexibility and the agility of these warehouses is not catch up with the pace that uh, these warehouses are built. And you see, 80% of the warehouses, and you probably know this number better than me, in the US are built for human beings. Uh, and only right. 20% of them are automated. Uh, and that's as our target market, we we try to aim for these eighty uh, percent of the of the warehouse um, market, the one that work with labor, the one that rely on human being, and we 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 know we can replace them. We know that if you ask us who is our main competitor, mm. it's the human being, uh, it's the labor cost, and we know we won't be able to replace all of them. But for a shift of five people, we know we can re- reduce four of them meaning a reduction of 80% out of the entire workforce. And, and we, we, we designed to work alongside human beings. If you look in our, in our videos and in, in, our, in our pilots, we design, we don't separate, we don't isolate our robot. The robot is designed to work and to coexist using your word, human mm-hmm. being. And it equipped with fusions of sensors and 
And we basically follow the HRC, the human robot protocol that basically allow us to, if it see, it see a human being, you know, to slow down or, or mm-hmm. to stop. If it sees an object uh, like a pallet, you know, to bypass the, the pallet or the obstacle. So it's equipped with an obstacle avoidance uh, concept. Uh, and the, and it's uh, basically technology of LIDAR uh, mm-hmm. in the robot. Uh, that allow it, allow it to, to know where it's at, what it sees, and how it could overcome it. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine it. And I think it's so great too. Like you mentioned, I mean, the warehouses, you know, were originally built to, to be human focused. And, and so it's great that you guys have taken your solution and thought about that and say, you know, how do we address this other side of the market where, you know, it is like, you know, centered around humans and, and be able to bring in a solution that's not going to totally mean you have to change your infrastructure completely or, you know, go to a brand new building to be able to, to figure that out or something of that nature. I think it's like very, very smart. So, so I mean, yeah, it's really I interesting. Could, yeah. uh, address that point, another benefit or added value that we bring to the table is that we don't ask uh, when we talk to a warehouse manager or mm-hmm. operation executive, he asks us, okay, what's your operation? What's yeah. your material flow? And he said, you don't need to change anything. We need we we will adapt to your material flow, and that's another great thing. We don't you don't need there's no downtime, there's no adaptation you need to do, there's no change you need to do. We will just adapt to your material flow, and we just automate it, hmm. and we retrofit your your entire warehouse. Very interesting, interesting, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure that makes a lot of people happier too. That they don't have to, they don't have to adapt to you. You adapt to them. I'm sure yeah. people like that. So, and recently, you guys received an investment from from Amazon. So, you know, obviously, a big player in the warehousing space, if not the biggest, right? So, it was great to to see that you guys were able to get that investment. But I'm curious what. What does that mean for for your company? And now that you're, you know, getting to a point where it seems like you're ready to to bring this to the market more. So we were very lucky, as you mentioned, to be one of the first yeah. investment by the Industrial Innovation Fund. It's a fund of one point three, I believe, a million dollars. And up until now, if I'm not mistaken, they made about seven investments. We were among the very, we got this investment last year. Uh, and yeah, that's obviously a great signal to the market. It gave us uh, a lot of runtime. And, and, but I think the more interesting thing, which I'm unfortunately cannot talk a lot about, uh, yeah. about it's the operational aspect of it and, uh, yeah. and things that we do with them, not on the investment side, but on, on the commercial side. And that's, mm-hmm. as you could imagine, uh, that's very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know Amazon doesn't make an investment and, and go away, right? They they want to try the technology. That's why they're interested. So it's very interesting. It would be very interesting to see how that, that relationship continues to to develop and, and where that goes. But you, you guys are also in the process of, of getting further out into the, the market. You've taken on this investment. And then you recently did a pilot with Maersk as well. So so tell us a little bit about, about that pilot. And, and I'm really interested to hear if you can share what the the use case they were using the the squids for as well. We'll be back after a quick break. 
You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Great. Yeah, so we we just completed the first phase of the pilot, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a performance test and the functionality test, and we we pass in a in a very high grade of close to ninety seven percent, if I'm not mistaken. And the, the use case is quite simple. We can put away a warehouse that is mostly the items are mostly uh, fashions and, and shoes related. Mm. And so a lot of uh, retailer these are these are the main customer. Yeah. And, and yeah, the idea is to we to now to scale the pilot to to bigger scale and basically help them save money. Another important thing that they are very uh, curious about is is the storage space. We can help them uh, with incre- increasing the, um, the storage area in in at least twenty five percent, just because you can fit more aisles or more more racking shelves in a given real estate. Uh, you don't need to have them in a weeds of forklift to be able to go through. Uh, you can set them up in a way more narrow way that basically will allow you to fit more racking shelves in a given uh, space. Mm. So that's one. But mo- another layer is that your ability to to fit way more boxes in a given bin because us as a human being are quite limited with our ability to to fit. Think about it. You have ten different sizes of box, and you need to kind of a Sudoku or kind of a puzzle, how you could fit <laughs> all of them yeah. in three dimensions. Uh, and the robot is, you know, is equipped with different algorithms to be able to, to fit way more boxes in a given bin, mm. uh, but also retrieve them, find them, and think uh, how much time it will take uh, us as a human being and how much time it will take uh, for a robot. So storage space is a huge thing that they also care about, especially, you know, in an expensive way. So they were, the pilot is taking place in Los Angeles area, mm-hmm. uh, and the, you just you can just imagine how expensive real estate is there. Yeah, and every, every square foot that we can help them uh, save, it's uh, it's very meaningful. So, mm-hmm. in addition to the workers and the, the cost per uh, per transaction that we are able to reduce, and the the overall throughput, we can increase the, the throughput. Another big benefit for the customer is the storage space. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very interesting to to hear that, that it, it has an impact on the storage space too, I think, which is obviously, you know, always a concern uh, when it comes to warehousing, especially as you mentioned in, in certain areas where real estate is, is so much more expensive. You want to get as much out of that square footage as possible. So it, it's good to hear that the, the pilot went well and, and it's going well. And uh, I'm curious, we, we talked about bringing these in and, and having them work around humans and, and, you know, how they work and, and some of the benefits that they have, but I'm curious from a implementation perspective because the robots are, you know, climbing all over your your racks, your shelves, things like that. I mean, how does the implementation work? I mean, can you 
utilize the squids sure. with existing racking, existing shelving? Does it work in like a, a brownfield setting or, you know, do you have to have special shelving? How, do, how does that all work on the implementation side? Yeah, so we could, to, to your question, uh, we could work with any type of racking shelf, uh, but it's not just plug and play. It's, it's not that far, but, uh, but before we, we start, we install Ra- uh, the rails and the rails are being installed on any any racking shelf. It's basically mm-hmm. mounted on the profile of the racking shelf, and we just fasten it for for safety reason with with a couple of of screws. Uh, and we do it both horizontally and vertically, basically on the profile of the racking shelf mm-hmm. uh, okay. to all of the racking shelf. Uh, and once uh, we do that, it takes us a couple of days to to furnish the entire warehouse. Then we basically automated your warehouse and you're good to go and the robot could reach from any point to any point. By the way, it's not just limited to the racking shelf. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, these rails could be mounted on the on the ceiling, on the wall, and the robot could, we're talking about how you can save more space. So think of, just okay. think about robot driving on the ceiling and from that, this is really Spider-Man, uh, yeah. from one racking shelf to, to the other. But uh, yeah, basically it's a quick installation of these rails that are really easy to to install and uh, yeah and then the robot is there good to go interesting interesting so so uh, i mean are there any limitations on like the the size of the racking or the size of the shelving or can pretty much just handle like uh, a standard rack beam and any real width width of shelving or or anything like that no no limitation Mm. we work with all the big uh, brand and yeah and uh, it's very easy to install it really takes it will it, uh, we, we're taking care of it it's not something that the warehouse or the customer need to do mm. and it's going really quick interesting interesting yeah yeah i mean i think it's such a it's such an interesting and creative way to to think about moving these things around the warehouse and and you know how how you're going about it like when i when i first saw the video i was kind of like what is this all about? It's so, it's so different. Right. And, but when I look at it and it, you know, it makes a lot of sense to be able to, to move in that way. And the fact that it has such, such flexibility on the directions it can move in. Uh, I can only imagine like there's a lot of use cases that it can be applied to and, and, you know, can really be used in a, in a lot of different ways. And the fact that it's capturing data along the way as it's traveling too, I mean, I think it's such a, such a plus, like it, it can do a lot for you, which I think is really interesting. And I do want to double click on that point. The all data harvesting, uh, it's a huge thing for us. Uh, I, I kind of mentioned it before, but I mm. mean, we believe looking forward, added value won't be just by reducing a couple of employees or, you know, being able to uh, automate the entire warehouse. It's the all data harvesting, basically, Providing a lot of insight about uh, how to to be more efficient, how to uh, how to work better, uh, how to to retrieve each package uh, faster. I know that uh, warehouse managers these days are spending a lot of time just by trying to find these these lost packages that they have. But so yeah. everything will be automated, not not ju- not not just for the pick and put away, but also you know you know exactly you map you have a great map that is re- everything is in real time, uh, and that's. Um, uh, really smart, uh, and yeah, and the, I didn't mention it, but it's all the the whole concept is fleet of robots. It's not we're not talking about one or two robots. We're talking about fleets of, depending on the size, depending on the volume, but mm. fleets of robots um, that are all managed by our real time server. Uh, this server is basically orchestrate the entire 
uh, operation of the robot. Um, and it basically could apply multiple rules that the warehouse manager could ask for. It could say, it could be anything like, I, in the morning, I want you to take care of the pig, and in the afternoon, I want you to do the, the put away, and in the night, I want you to prepare the day after, or you could do it in the in between tasks. So a lot of uh, things that any rules that the, the warehouse manager could could apply, uh, and this our, our server basically interface with the WMS that they're already working. So for them, it would be kind of a frictionless. They keep keep on working with the same IT system they are familiar with. And this IT system, the WMS that they are working could be any WMS is integrating with our real-time server. And the real-time server is basically orchestrating the entire fleet of robots. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes so much sense. And, you know, I love that it's it's doing all that data in the, the background too, as well, to be able to give you that that additional layer of insights and, and be able to, to see those things. So as we look for, I, I mean, Bionic Hive is very much, it looks like something from the future, but what is, what is the future of Bionic Hive? What, you know, what, you know, you know who called that the robots of the future? Oh, I did see that. It was it was Elon, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It was very interesting. That was that was just a coincidence that I said that. I I totally forgot about that. But uh, <laughs> so, you maybe want to mention it to the to the to your listeners. Uh, I'm not sure they know. Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it was. I mean, you could say uh, you could share. I mean, I think it was Elon Musk, right? That's all. No, just uh, you yeah. mentioned future and robot. Uh, that reminded me. I yeah. didn't plan to to mention it, but Elon Musk uh, uh, just tweeted about us, and again. We didn't know him. We didn't ask for it. He just saw the video like you, like yeah. you, and, and he just retweeted it. Was before he on X, and uh, he just tweeted, uh, "This is the future of robots." And obviously, it gave us a lot of attention. And uh, yeah, and focus. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so I mean, in that regard, what what is the future of Bionic Hive? What's coming up for you guys? So we we want to. Um, to be able to deploy three commercial deployments throughout 2024, I think it's very doable for us. We did mention some of the companies. Uh, I think we mentioned two names. Uh, the goal is to be with two of them, uh, with those two and uh, another one, being able to convert uh, ongoing pilot into commercial deployment, being able to provide value and then to scale. Um, a big thing for us uh, is obviously like every startup who's still a startup, small company of 35 people mm-hmm. uh, is funding. It's not the best time to raise funds. So we, <laughs> we're currently raising our next round. So, and that will allow us to, to deploy this commercial solution, but also to, to manufacture, um, a couple of dozens of robots and, and, you know, make sure they're all operational and running. Uh, we focus on the U.S. market only. Uh, and uh, we we currently focus on in three more geographical hubs: uh, South of California, uh, Denver, and uh, the old Tennessee area. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Oh, Tennessee area. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Memphis. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, very interesting to to learn about this from you, Gilly. And you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the the show and, and talking to us about this. It's really an exciting solution. It's really just Cool to see, cool to see a move, how they, how it climbed all over the place and, and really excited to see what the future has in store for you guys and, and how this becomes a more wider spread and, and how it gets more commercialized as well. So really appreciate you coming on the show. If people want to learn more about Bionic Hive, what's the best way to do that? Uh, 
First of all, they're all welcome to reach out to me. I'm McGilly at Bionic Hive. They can also go to our website, which is bionichive.com. And we would love to to talk and learn. Uh, I think we, we're fortunate enough, again, with basically zero marketing budget to, to, to be able to spread the world around. I'm lucky enough to, to wake up every morning to uh, one or two requests from the biggest company from the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry, automotive industry, or e-commerce industry, you name it. Uh, basically reach out to us and say, hey, we want to implement your solution. What should we do? So that makes my my uh, my life easier. But yeah, uh, we still look for the best partner to, to, to mature our product, to complete the development, which is already about to be completed. But yeah, we want to try it in a real environment. Mm. Yeah, I would love to talk with anyone that is interested and, you know, continue our very exciting journey here. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll definitely be watching and, and looking to see uh, what's to come from you guys. And we'll definitely put all that information at thenewwarehouse.com as well. So, Giddy, thank you very much for joining me on the show today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.